0: Each Sunday night, I'd watch the practice with none that. of Not my friends. friends. I'd turn the dial to ABC to
1: see Make the, the creep mode. of the week that
0: Bobby Donald defends. But I'm
2: out of
3: practice.
2: With your
0: host, Keith Barney. We'll do it live.
4: So I missed the practice. There was no Tebow. What could I do? Wait 15 years, get fat, then stream
2: it on Hulu. I know it's
0: been bugging you, because it's been bugging me. But I leveled my shelves.
2: Out of
4: oh, wait till I tell Keith what I found wrong with him today.
0: Welcome to the Out of Practice Podcast, a weekly podcast in which me, Keith Barney, discuss David E. Kelly's award-winning series, The Practice, with my old buddy, Mike Indeglio. That's him. This week, we are up to Season 7, Episode 15, Choir Boys. So uh, how's it going, my fellow choir boy? Did you do a lot of uh, chorus and choir in uh, in middle school and high school?
4: I definitely did in middle school. I did the show choir. In fact, uh, a shout out to Mrs. <laughs> Nutter, who I've just found out recently. She was my sixth grade show choir uh, t- in teacher, instructor, w- whatever, coach. And uh, she's retiring this year after many years. So uh, best wishes. She also, this is Cheers actually to ties you, in. Mrs. Nutter. Yeah, here, here's, uh, she also, what the hell was that? <laughs> <laughs> that was the xbox sound i don't like it loud in xbox. my ear Did i you heard hear it, too? it too no i
0: totally heard it too my <laughs> xbox turns on randomly i think it's haunted
4: my app it's, the xbox app is not on it's like you haven't played me in a while that was weird um well uh, this episode not brought to you by xbox though it is awesome um yeah yeah anyway miss nutter was the first person to play sweeney todd for us in class and oh. the filmed tour version with Lansbury and Len Carew. George Hearn. George, George Hearn. Hearn. Right. Yes, because he you. took but over in the tour. One of the few times
0: I've ever truly been starstruck was I was I was riding an elevator backstage with George Hearn, and I was
4: like, "Sweetie, <laughs> Yeah, it was, it was pretty funny. And then you think, so you know, he's he's not. Very young when he does that tour. When you watch it, I think it was filmed in what 1982? So yeah, anyway, and then you watch the San Francisco concert version, right? Uh, with who does the is it Patty that does it's Patty? The, yeah. yeah, and he's and he was a the there was an opera guy I can't remember his name who was, yes, it was going to be Bryn Terfel, yeah, who was supposed to be starring in that, and then. Something happened and so they got George Hearn who like relearned the whole score on a very in, short notice. In like a like two days. He's yeah. like, okay. And it uh it's all coming back to me. Now he's still it's an excellent freaking in fact, amazing. That, that performance is there's more joy to it because you can see his there's not he's not covered in makeup like he is in the tour. Right. So you can right, kind right. of see his performance more. Uh it, you should watch both if you haven't, if oh, you're not. So cool. And like really nice guy too. Oh, that's
0: cool. Now, now, now he's like, he just like this distinguished older gentleman who's like a like a sweet dude who like was very kind with me when I made an ass of myself. It was uh, it's great, it's great. Anyway, okay, so anyway, to answer your question, yes, Keith. What about you? You were a choir guy too. <laughs> oh, I was definitely uh, a choir guy. Yeah, uh, it was chorus in okay. in Vermont. So I started in middle school. I was uh, I was the boy soprano in fifth grade, and I sang the uh, the solo in. Uh, uh somewhere yes. out there beneath the Yeah, it was it was really cute. It's on video somewhere. And then in sixth grade, I was a boy soprano. And then in seventh grade, uh, I was a boy soprano. And then in eighth grade, I was still basically a soprano, but I think our choir teacher like like took mercy on me. And uh, like, yeah, we're going to put him on the tenor track. It's just the, it's just the soprano line just in the same
4: octave. Uh, so, <laughs> <it was laughs> man, I wish this was a different podcast, Keith. I just, that reminds me, Um, speaking of Boy Sopranos, I sang at this wedding on Saturday. The Schmerzy Boys did a, uh, they did a wedding oh, in, in yeah. Garfield, not far from you, actually. Garfield, New Jersey. Um, I don't think so, anyway. I, I have no idea where it yeah. is this place called the venetian it was this like gaudy place but anyway it's a whole story but it has literally no tie to this podcast so uh that forget it <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow. wow i'm very tired
4: still though it was a long night so here we're here. like
0: episode 200 and like yeah. that's our transition <laughs>
4: <laughs> let's talk about uh, kitty cats what do you say
0: yes let's do it in a segment we call we have tried for years to make this podcast. Together a success. now, we failed. It's time to give the world what it wants. Meow, meow. Hot cat content. 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 Yes, indeed. So uh, this week poor Charlie has had a cold, uh, Mm. which is, which is a bummer. Um, it's one of those things when you get a shelter cat and he's Mm. been inside for a while and they get, technically it's feline herpes, uh, which is basically they get colds. they get sinus infections, um, which, uh, are a little alarming because your poor cat is like sneezing and he's got the, the watery eye and, and it's a it's a bummer, but we're, we've stayed on top of I think we mentioned it last week. He wasn't feeling well. So uh, we talked to the vet yesterday, and he's doing just fine and feeling better. But I felt bad for him. So uh, I decided to make him uh, his own little mini man cave here in the office because I have one. He deserves one himself. And we had a little cutout in the wall, and there's a box that goes into the other half of the basement where the previous owners had their sound system. They had like a whole surround system. This was a movie theater downstairs before. And so it's just an empty box and it's been sitting there. I'm like, I don't know what to do with it. So of course I turned it into Charlie's own mini cat cave. Uh so there he is. There's there's the box cut out in the wall. So and uh he's got a don't worry, he's got a poster of Phil Sims, uh, <laughs> just just like his dad. And uh on the right there, he has his flat screen TV, uh, because that's a very important part. So he's uh He's in there. He loves it. He's He went in there when I set it up to look at it and has not left. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's hanging out in his little house. He's uh, on the mend,
4: but feeling better. Keith, I so, think I uh, speak for all of our viewer when I say, uh, I'm not sure which is cuter, Charlie in his little man cave or the little man cave you built for Charlie. This is like the cutest thing I've ever seen Keith do. <laughs> and
0: don't worry, there there are LED lights in his room there, so he can be any color he
4: wants, and uh, and and turn them off when it's time to go to sleep. So that's amazing, Keith. You may you may recognize that behind me something is missing that was there. Oh, but oh, last week, oh,
0: the tree was there last week. So what what happened to
4: the tree? What is the latest in the tree saga? All right, so fake tree went. Onto the porch. So now we have our actual Christmas tree on the porch. <clears throat> on the porch! Uh, that we can see through the sliding door, so it's it's there, <laughs> it's festive. Uh, and then our our real tree, our four footer was behind me.
5: Uh-huh. And
4: what we've, uh, and it was doing great. We decorated it, it looked wonderful, you saw. Uh, mm-hmm. Half of the lights burnt out. And then we recognized, so this room is very dry. Very, 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 very dry. Yeah. Uh, And I hang my guitars on the wall. Now, usually during the winter, I will put my guitars away because guitars want to be between like 45 and 55 degree humidity or a percent humidity. It's hard to keep that in here. So I bought a really nice uh, humidifier. Great. The water here in Pennsylvania is so hard and full of crap that when you run the humidifier, it just puts a white dust everywhere. So my entire office was covered in a white dust. It looked like, like a Coke den. So it's like you need to pour, you need to use distilled water, but like to to fill a th- five gallon thing every day with distilled water is just like not cost effective. So I'm like, whatever, I'm gonna put my guitars in the cases and forget it's gonna be dry. Apparently, it's so dry that it instantly killed this Christmas tree. I mean, like needles oh, no. falling off, hang an ornament. It was like, it's like, it, it. so we were like, you know what? Sometimes you gotta admit when you've lost. We are uh, we ordered a, 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 a fa- another fake Christmas tree with the built-in mm-hmm. lights on Amazon. Yeah. And we're just, it is, yeah. sometimes you just gotta wave the flag, buddy. No, well, next year you're just
0: going to decorate one of the trees outside the terrace. <laughs> so you just have to sit in the living room, figure out what part of the tree you can see, and just decorate that part of yeah. it.
4: Yeah. So great. Anyway, so the cats. Uh, Charlie's sick. My cat's gonna be sick because he ate a tree. And uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, there yep. we go. Well, there, there it is. Good, uh, good fun
0: with the cats. And you sent me a picture of all three of them sleeping together hmm which was it's a start, which, it's slow but sure i told you eventually it's gonna happen it's, we're oh it. it's it's exciting i'm i'm so happy about that well you know what our viewers and listener would like to uh be happy about and that is us moving forward to a segment we call
4: ladies and gentlemen before keith even begins Something's been bothering me. What's that? What's that? Every week I'm doing the YouTubes. Yes. And I put the little timestamps at the bottom because one week I didn't do the timestamps and someone uh, called me on it. Yeah, Phoenix. Um, and there's always a red squiggle. And I'm wondering why there's a red squiggle. And I realized it last week. It's not me that there's a red squiggle. You know, red squiggle means spelled wrong. Yeah. It I've sure been does. copying the spelling of subpoenas from you, Keith. And it is spelled very wrong here. <laughs> and it has been wrong every week in perpetuity of season seven. Yes. So oh, that is so me. No, it's both of us because yes, you spelled it wrong, but I use the spell check and every week enter the correct spelling of subpoenas on YouTube, but never realize that the reason I'm spelling it wrong initially is it's because O-E. it's wrong here. Not yeah. E-O. You know?
0: And no one has noticed that. I I think because no one is watching. <laughs> it's like... The if, correlation's it, very clear. If a tree falls in the woods, does anyone
4: hear it? If you misspell something no one reads, is it really misspelled? That's fair. Well, I think the, fair, the fairer uh, answer to that question is, if you misspell something that no one reads and thus mm-hmm. is it spelled wrong, do you even have to fix it? Oh, I'm not fixing it. Are you kidding? We were like seven episodes from the end of the season. No, we are wait, riding this out. Uh, wait till we share the surprise about season, the final season, too. <laughs>
0: we, we are committed s- to this.
4: Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness.
0: Well, And, and that is so me. Because uh, I'm I'm the type of guy who's going to work so hard on all the layouts and the graphics and the colors and the layers. The design is what's important. Yeah. The design is what's important to me. And then I will misspell my own name. Because I don't give a shit. Like, Mm -hmm. uh, that's the last
4: part of the equation, and I couldn't care less. Yes, also the crop. If we're talking design, I would mention that the crop of my name is not equidistant to the crop of your name.
0: Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, because I can't tell because I'm on the Zoom screen, and it's always, like, a little bit cropped to fit in the whatever.
4: Uh, Speaking of things no one gives two shits about. I just feel
0: like... Three millimeters more central to the podcast than you do.
4: <laughs> yeah, it's fair too. Anyway, what do the people have to say,
0: Keith? Uh well, let me say, uh, <laughs> Phoenix of course chimed in, and we heard from Scott from the Perfect Show, and uh, one of us, who wouldn't be me, answered the commented on the wrong comment. So it was really it's pretty funny. So Phoenix said, uh, "Did you see the dedication at the end of the episode?" Associate producer Kimberly Dean uh, had died sadly, and it was dedicated to her. And he says she was the same age as you guys. Spooky. Uh, yeah, so she died at 41. That's very sad. And uh, and Scott from the Perfect Show wrote, laughing very heartily as you discussed the remixes so seriously. Great show, guys. Love it. Now our <laughs> my good friend and co-host Mike Deglio, <laughs> commented uh very seriously and heartfelt uh (laughs) i did not see that but now i feel sort of uh, a sort of way because you were really but of course you commented on that on the perfect show on laughing heartily as you discussed the remixes so seriously i did not see that but now i feel a sort of way so oh
4: man the day keith and mike just canceled themselves
0: this is it this is apparently this is the segment where keith and mike pointed each other's mistakes (laughs) Yeah. Which was the segment we should have been doing all along, really. It's like the whole whole podcast. Yeah. Uh, amazing. Well, folks, if you would like to point out our mistakes, how would
4: they do it, Mike? Well, it's very easy, Keith. They can uh, go ahead and write us an email right down mm. below out of practice podcast at gmail.com. Hey, Ooh. or if you're lazy, like us, apparently, just mm-hmm. comment down below. Yeah. He checks the comments. He, he will respond to you. Perfect show. People that, you know, like listen to us for some reason will talk to you. We'll and Mike will to respond
0: to somebody oh, else's comment, comment yeah. on
4: your comment. Uh, check us out on the old social medias at Out of Practice Podcast. And hey, while you're uh, on the internet uh, doing things that I'm sure are not nefarious in any way, shape, or form, go ahead and join the jury. No one does. Mm. But uh, if you it's listen brilliant. to the podcast, and guess what? Turns out people do listen. Uh, let us know that you are listening, what you think, even if your season's behind but then I guess you wouldn't be hearing this. I'm not getting into the details. Just uh, leave a jury thing so that we can fool the algorithm to make people think that uh, they like us. <laughs> Fair? Fair. Fair
0: enough. All right. Well, let us now do something we have been teasing for about six weeks now. That's true. Uh, we have. And, and uh, at this point, I don't even remember what I have to say about it, so I'm going to make Mike go first in a segment week call
4: give Generally, uh the back in chime true crime is on a whole different thing, so I gotta do a whole thing about it. You're giant, and it's like not like really. Well, you
0: know what? I, I don't think it matters as much because we've we've already talked about the case a little bit, but yeah, we because wanted... like this is wrong, like that looks <laughs> terrible. <laughs> oh, I'm duplicated. There's so much wrong with this. <laughs> so many things are wrong with it, but everything the... is wrong on the screen right now. <laughs>
4: <laughs> it's I mean it's very entertaining. Uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting. Um no, but the fun, why I even put it up there was so that uh I when I'm doing the the edit I can know when when it happened. Um uh, so mm. wait till we get to this day in the world and that all happens again. Anyway. Cool. Uh we were talking about the Hulu A&E docu-series that is now hosted on Hulu about the uh Lacey the Peterson trial. And uh, I guess the long and short of it is what it's really about is is it does recount the, the events of the trial, but it talks about sort of the media's role in uh, basically telling the tale, uh, convicting Scott without really any information and making assumptions and presenting a timeline of events and witness testimony that is loosely based on fact and kind of, Taking out of context some of the the testimony of the eyewitnesses and such, and and I think we've 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 danced around the subject a little bit, or in our prepping for this, or in our uh, teasing of it in the past couple of weeks. And what I really came away with for me, I, I found it to be a little long in the tooth as some of these series are, a lot of filler because and retreading ground as they do episode to episode. But what I really took away with it fascinating was that first of all, I was hook, line, and sinker on the I didn't I wasn't I didn't really watch the trial so much so I just took what I got from the news and I assumed that this guy was dead to rights and that they had all of this evidence and I was like well I'm with Nancy Grace screw this cat I'm glad that and that was celebrated when he was convicted and got what he deserved now on the retread what I realize is that you know a lot of a lot of this is is taken from how people want him, and we've talked about this in the practice, which is why it's interesting, think he should have reacted when the the police interviewed him, when the trial was happening, when he gave statements, and his, quote-unquote, lack of remorse, which could be, and I'm not gonna come down one side or the other, could be trauma, could be shock, could be just his pathology, you know? Uh, Psychopathy, excuse me. Uh, And say, well, he's not sad enough, so he did it. Because the, at the end of the day, there is zero zero DNA evidence linking him to this murder. And in our criminal justice system, if there's no forensic evidence, there's no forensic evidence. that makes everything circumstantial. I'm not saying there isn't circumstantial evidence, but a lot of the prosecutor's case is based on a timeline based on one eyewitness who has been whose information has been sort of f- refuted and rebutted. And so there's been enough shown that it turns out Scott looks like he's headed for a new trial, in which case, uh, hopefully, he will be able to present a more uh, unobtr- uh, a defense without as much—well, he won't. He won't get that. But I think this um, as much time has passed, I think maybe he'll hopefully get a, a more fair trial. And look, if, if they can prevent, present more evidence, uh, perhaps he'll be found guilty again. But— uh, they did take the death penalty off the off off the <clears throat> off the table, but anyway, Keith, I think my takeaways are uh, one, I need to do my due diligence before I just buy into hysteria, and two, this is they are able to they were able to sort of smoke and mirrors that an ironclad case out of all circumstantial evidence, and they got a lot of they got an assist from the uh, the media.
0: Yeah, no, I I agree with all of that. I I think there's. It's it's very clear that um, he was not given a fair trial by any shape at all. That the investigation was sloppy and myopic. Uh, that it seems you know there is almost no evidence whatsoever that he did this, and he was convicted because he was a douchebag. And you know, because he was, he had an you know? affair. Yeah, he, I that, mean, no, I mean, like he's he he very well may be a douchebag, and he very well. You know, and people didn't like the way he emotionally behaved. Well, sorry, there's a lot of douchebags I know who emotionally behave weird uh, who aren't being uh, convicted. So, yeah, I'm very happy he's getting a new trial because that was uh, an egregious mistrial of justice. Uh, You know, that said, I don't know that he didn't do it. Yeah. I just know that what he was convicted on was utter garbage. Um, And uh, speaking of utter garbage, um, i just like to say this, and I, I'm actually glad that this documentary gave a little bit more context as to why Nancy Grace is the way that she mm-hmm. is, mm-hmm. Um, in that she was a victim um, of a crime and her her fiancé was murdered, which I understand why that would motivate her to have the worldview that she does and become a prosecutor. So I have some empathy for how she got there, but she, her behavior uh, then and up to today, she's a walking dumpster. She's a walking talking. That's dumpster. the
4: thing, man. Even presented with the facts of this documentary, she she, she doubles down. And here's a yeah. person who who's been a prosecutor and and claims to uh, care to underst- about justice. Yeah, to understand that you know the in legal the event system, yeah. that you know because I believe it's brought up in the, in the the documentary. If if I'm not inventing this, and if I am, then it's my, then I'll take credit for it because it's we've talked about it on the show all the time. You know, in the event, especially in circumstantial cases, in the event that this person is not the guy, all right? The prosecutor's yeah. resources, then the DA and the prosecutors go, their resources go into convicting this person and all search for any other person who might've actually committed the crime and c- continuing to commit crimes if they are a serial offender. Yeah. There are no resources, right? No. I, and, I, I mean, and, it's... and 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 the other kind of tacit crime that gets in, in that event, and, and once again, we are not, I am not, lobbying that Scott is innocent, because I I just do not know that for a fact, but I believe that he was given a bad trial and and should have access to a fair trial. But I will say that not only are those resources not only, are not only not given to the the ongoing investigation, because there is no ongoing investigation, they think they got the guy, but there's a tacit crime being perpetrated against the victim's family, because the DA convinces them that we got the guy and the case, you know, even though there are these holes, that's just bullshit. You know that there, that's just the defense pulling at straws. We don't, you don't need to look anymore. You have your closure now, and you don't, have and, and that's that is a crime because it, it's false closure for a family who who if they are seeking justice aren't necessarily getting it. Yeah.
0: and yes, I I completely agree. I think it's a very good point about the miscarriage of justice happening on both ends because. If he didn't do it, then continue, you know, not following up on the leads, you know, about those, about those robbers who lied about what night they robbed the place and they ignored it because it fit the timeline they wanted. Uh, like that's egregious. You know, the other thing that really stuck out to me, and this actually applies if you zoom out to more of the legal world, um, and that is jury selection, mm. because especially in the last episode, you find out speaking of like walk, walking dumpsters, the people on this jury were just horrible. Yeah, they interviewed them. They interviewed them and like they're like, yeah, we were gonna we are gonna take them down no matter what, blah blah blah, and and just like egregiously unfair and happily and like proudly so, um, that yeah okay, set that aside. The real issue here is because it was a death penalty case, they could only select from jurors willing to kill somebody. So you're you have to self-select for people a uh willing to do it but also in favor of the death penalty in general which weeds out people like Mike and I who are against the death penalty and and so therefore you're self-selecting for a a jury with a particular world view with perhaps a political view um because that has become so politicized so You're not getting a jury of your peers. You're getting a jury of your peers who happen to believe in the death penalty and are willing to apply it. Now, that's not the whole peer system. Mm -hmm. And that in itself is a miscarriage of justice. And another reason against the death penalty, because you're setting yourself up for a tainted jury pool
4: by law by definition by the way it's it's set up it's math right because in voir each side and remember you're supposed to be a jury of your peers and you're supposed to be getting equal and fair defense and so if 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 the if the selection of the pool now is only people who believe in the death penalty well then if you're a defense attorney going through voir and you're trying to find people who believe in the death penalty but have the empathy to not be biased on the case and not and and hopefully and try to f- work out the me- the machinations to which who might kind of give your guy a fair trial you're 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 working uphill which is not yeah. equal in my opinion yeah it's
0: it's it's not equal and and you're i don't know i don't know what the numbers are uh mm-hmm. you know how what especially, it's probably different then than it is today the percentage of people who believe in the death penalty in the country I don't know is that 50 50 is it 60 40 I don't know but if you cut your jury pool in half like that you you've already tainted the whole system all right anyway uh so I I recommend the documentary it is a little long but I was I was hooked and I found it fascinating and I know that you know uh Jalen and I spent hours <laughs> discussing it
4: on yeah, all I would, the- I would say that having finished it it is Though I do enjoy, I believe it was 2020 on ABC who did like a one-hour, pretty concise distillation of this. But that viewpoint on that is much broader than on, on, than zooming in on these sort of like uh, inconsistencies. So if you are, are interested, even remotely in this conversation, uh, it is worth a check out. In fact, you could probably... You could probably jump around in it if you wanted to, and you know. You can find it on Hulu. The
0: series is called "The Murder of Lacey Peterson," produced by A&E in 2017. And it sounds like
4: that new that new trial could be as early as next year, so we, we yeah. it, it might come up again.
0: Yeah, and uh, as we go through season seven of The Practice, all of these events are happening in real time, so uh, it's an interesting second screen view for us working our way through the practice. All right. Now it is time for us to work our way back in time to the time that this docu-series takes place in and answer the question. If you weren't watching Nancy Grace spout bullshit onto your screen on the Lacey Peterson trial, what were you doing? This day in the basement.
4: Uh, we took up a lot of time there, so I'll be real brief here. 2003. Uh, I got to, this is when we were doing our, um, last semester, uh, uh agent showcase I already talked about this on the show uh, and how I kind of got screwed but I did get to do a, a sondheim piece which is one of the only times I've gotten to do Sondheim in my life so I I this is great once again a time period where i'm 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 growing into an age where I hope that I get the opportunity to do some more Sondheim uh moving forward in any in any arena but I also remember that during a, a rehearsal at this point not for this but for another class I was having I was wearing an earring. And I remember it was a period piece. I was doing, I think, something from On the Town. And a teacher just laid into me. It was just like, you know, you have to remember, regardless of how good your work is, your talent is, or your preparation is, the details matter. And if you show up to an audition or to a performance and, you're, and you've are and you got something anachronistic going on, that's on you. And, like, that was it for the day. I got no more work, which is a little heavy-handed and I think a little stupid, but it's something to learn. You know what I mean? That, that the details do matter uh, and that... Uh, there you go. That's that's what I remember from it.
0: Oh, that's interesting. The details yeah. matter. I don't know if that detail matters because you're also probably not wearing a full costume and makeup and lights. And an audition is a a proof of concept. I'm I'm sure that were I direct directing that piece, I had the vision to imagine removing the earring and then going out on stage. But uh but
4: I, you yeah, know, yeah. I get it. So anyway. it's, I guess, what what it did for me. I got I your back. Twenty two thousand three. One hundred percent agree with you. I, what it has reminded me to do is is last looks all the time before I go on stage and do anything. So,
0: well, yeah, fair enough. As I, I certainly have have gone out on stage with uh, multiple times. Uh, I, I believe I was playing Michelangelo uh, and uh, walked out on stage with my Fitbit
4: on. So, <laughs> that's... the worst I ever did was. Trying to remember, it wasn't really bad. It wasn't really that anachronistic, but um, I forgot in getting ready because I'm guilty of getting very ready very late. I wait till like the ten call. Um, I've often, not often, on on a few occasions, forgot to mic up, which is pretty bad news if you forget to like. I forget to put my mic on because I'm getting dressed so quick. quick. Or except
0: for on uh, our tour when you didn't have one
4: megaphone. I (laughs) I I also. have, on a few occasions, forgot to put my contacts in and just walked out on stage with my big-ass, stupid horn rim glasses, which mm-hmm. usually work out pretty good.
0: <laughs> oh, we'll have to do a, a full episode of onstage mishaps. Those are fun. All right. Uh, so what I was doing in the basement, I actually had two things going on. Uh, one, I went to the Bronx Zoo... With my college girlfriend, who I you know, in my memory, I didn't realize that we were still in contact as much as we were my first year in the city. Ah, uh, and so I was like emailing her a great deal. She was still in contact mm. with my family, Gee. and we went to the zoo. It, it was platonic at this point, but we were still like, no, it was. No, like like, full on. it like it we, we never recommenced. Uh, but it was—I uh, I had no idea we were in that much. That's a classy way to say it. Uh, <laughs> I, I was—I was surprised that we are still in contact. Um, also, speaking of auditions and such, I this week I auditioned for some sort of summer stock theater. I, I don't know what theater it was, but uh, I was emailing my family about it. And I got a call back and I thought I guess like some summer stock was doing *Pimpernel* and *Titanic*. Interestingly, that summer, and I and I got a callback, and I thought, my God, I'm a I'm I'm pretty much straight to Broadway. And uh, yeah, I didn't get the gig. I don't even remember what theater it was, but it was I think probably my first callback. I was excited about
4: it. Keith, as an aside, I, I have to say this real quick. <clears throat> um, mm-hmm. I, I've actually done pretty good, though we joke about it about not feeling old. Like, I feel pretty good. I look pretty good. I feel all right. Uh, so, not our Titanic. Mm-hmm. The actual time I did Titanic again, uh, and I actually played Barrett instead of understudying it, uh, you know how there's like a little kid in the show, right? Yes, I yeah. do remember. So the second time when I did it, the little kid, his name was Joey, uh, was a little was an actual little child, like a child. And last night, I was flicking through the Instagram. He uh, is a cover. He went on as Frankie in the Off Broadway Jersey Boys. And I was like, I am an old man. Oh. That he grew up subsequent to like me, because that's when I was like really auditioning for it. Subsequent to that, I've now, so much time has passed since like my prime that he (laughs) has grown into an adult and playing that part on Broadway, which is pretty insane to me. I was like, last night, I was like, well, awesome congratulations sentiment. I but i am an old man <laughs> i i
0: had the i had the same experience on uh, uh when i did les miz the little gavroche is now like a pretty successful actor here in the city he was like the lead in the cruel intentions tour and it's just like are you kidding me such a nice kid uh so uh, i'm i'm so sorry uh, mike can you give us a very quick rendition of filings and subpoenas because we just got one
4: live we got a live we got uh, a live one uh zip, duh, 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 filings and subpoenas. Filings <laughs> and subpoenas
0: I deserve that. Uh so uh I, I got a, I got a live filing and subpoena uh here on my phone from my wife, who is upstairs and has no choice but to hear some of what we're we're saying and heard me talking about uh <laughs> Your ex-girlfriend? contact with my ex. <laughs> <laughs> and she said uh, in quotes, uh, recommenced. You're such a fucking dork. <laughs> and the all oh caps did the nookie is what you're looking
4: for. <laughs> this is, uh, and I hopefully I am audible uh, to her because I want to publicly state my love and affection for Keith's wife.
0: hmm mm-hmm, Our yeah. wives
4: are the best part of this podcast. Oh, by far, our wives and our cats are <laughs> yes, the best totally. part. Yes. No question. Uh, Hilarious. Well, Keith, Uh, since you interrupted, shall we recommence with the segment we were going to do in a little something we call... It's time for the Out of Practice Podcasts This Day in the World. The greatest hits, the biggest
1: movies, headlines from Vermont, essential sports updates, and for some
4: inexplicable reason, the weather from 20 years ago. Now back to Keith and Mike.
0: Okay, folks, we are talking about March 10th two thousand and three and of course we were listening to what is clearly uh you undeniably the demo we're hearing in the club by 50 cent The local Burlington Free Press talked about U.S. slash France vie for allies because we are mere days away from the beginning of the Iraq War. As we were uh, searching for allies and everyone, the rest of the world was like, "Uh, guys, this is stupid. Don't do this. You're wrong. Uh, Boy, they got turned correct uh all right so the top movie was bringing down the house with steve martin and queen latifah which took in 31 million dollars which brings us to the world's most important segment a segment we call it's time, it's time, time,
2: time, it's
0: time for sport. sports. sports. The Boston Bruins dropped a game in overtime to the first place Ottawa Senators. Groshik fought future Bruins Shane 90, and the overtime goal was set up by future Bruins captain Zdeno Chara, who is still playing today and beat the crap out of a Nashville Predators player this week. The Flyers also lost
4: in overtime 2-1 to the Capitals. I Don't... think it needs to be mentioned, Keith. Hmm. That a young Mike Deglio at 23 years old, 22 years old, mm-hmm. was, in fact, this should have been my This Day in the Basement. Oh, my God. I blew it. Uh, so I got a phone call from my good friend Tina at at this exact date back in uh, 2003. And Tina, she's like, hey.
0: who, who cast me on Retro Tech? Yes. Yes. And she
4: said, hey, uh, I'm going to be in a music video. Would you like to join me? I need to bring a guest. It says, bring plus one. So I said, all right. So I showed up. She goes, just wear something like really like kind of hip hoppy, like, like a oversized sweatshirt. So that's what it did. So we get there. And my, my, my friend Tina uh, is very like, um, she's like, I would say, I, I mean, it, there used to be a term you were allowed to say. It was called ethnically ambiguous. She could, she, she has a very uh, vibe, like a multicultural vibe to her um, and very hip hop. And we get there. Long story short, they were doing an episode of Top of the Pops. If you don't know, it's like a a, a European uh. Dick Clark kind of thing, I guess. And uh, 50 Cent was doing a live performance of In Da Club for Top no of the Pops. Kidding. And guess who was there? Two white <sighs> people, Mike and Tina. But Tina's looks cool, so they let her be in the video. And they said, if you could just stand in the back of the crowd and put your hood on. So if you were to like dissect, forensically dissect, I, maybe it's on the internet somewhere, the top of the pops performance of Inda Club somewhere in the audience is 22 year old Mike Indeglio. Oh my god! And he lip synced to that song about 12 times, 12 takes, and and it it aired. So it's somewhere. Uh, yeah. Hold on. Yeah. Is, is it, it online? A- oh, no, no, Hell yeah, no, it is. Well, no, guess who's there? This guy somewhere. I'm in mean, a blue sweatshirt,
1: I think. Like
4: oh my god.
0: Uh, somebody out there, Phoenix, Jorge, Mike, and Deglio, you better find yourself in that video, and we're gonna show that uh, next week. Because
4: what the hell? Why wasn't I can't you? believe that? Well, the memory just get you know, like it's it's interesting that neuron didn't fire, but it did right then. Well,
0: but so. here here's the thing: this was the top of the charts for several weeks, so we still have some time yet for you to have your
4: chance. That was actually uh, an important time because that I mean, my wife's in the other room, but that was like when. Me and my friend Tina were like, maybe we're more than friends. Mm-hmm. Turns out, no.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, wow, that was eventful. A journey, yeah, a journey. That was that was a what journey. Do do you know what do uh, we do now? We're gonna journey forth with.
1: I'm a human being. God damn it! My life has value, and I'm not gonna take this anymore. It's time.
0: Okay, we are talking about The Practice, Season 7, Episode 15, Choir Boys, written all by himself, by series creator David E. Kelly, and directed by veteran director Dwayne Clark, who, folks, it is time to tip the cap. This is his final episode of The Practice of Seven. Goodbye, Dwayne Clark. Thank you for your service, which brings us uh, to one important question that i always ask really slowly because i can never find the bumper there it is
4: orange mike what is that orange.
5: supposed to
0: be he's looking great What's your he's problem? looking fabulous
5: is this <laughs> what happens to women when you insert your you penis? left a little
0: white around your eyes what
5: what, what does
6: mike think's gonna happen you know, what if he would have drank the curdle milk? Then what would have happened?
4: I don't know, Jimmy. Speaking of not knowing what happened, you know, there was a previously on here. And uh, I was like futzing with the, 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 the Firefox because we've been having some issues with Keith here in the episode and all mm-hmm. kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. And so in working on it, I didn't hear the previously on. So it's I would have had a you, clue. You shouldn't know. Yeah, uh, it had something to do with Lindsay and like a case she was working on. I think it was like that weird guy, like one of the more f- recent weird guys who Lindsay mm-hmm. got off even though she shouldn't have taken the case. And then like at the end she's like, oh, is he gonna kill me or somebody else? Maybe, I think that was what it was.
2: <clears throat>
4: so, in this episode of a shark jumpy, mm. the practice, Bobby finds his religion again and goes back to church. But it just so happens on his first mass back from church, Keith, the choir loft collapses. Oh, no. And in no. collapsing, it kills a person. Oh, and Bobby no. has to defend the church against the murder charge of murdering someone who was squashed by the choir. I mean, if that doesn't sound like a shark jumpy episode, I don't know what does.
0: Oh, I'd like it. I mean, if it were Ali McBeal, it'd be like... Well, we've been getting McBealy here and there. We haven't gotten a little McBeely, yeah. No, that would be, uh, yeah. Okay, well, that's uh, all right. And that doesn't sound super sexy to me.
4: Um, well, it turns out that the person who got dead, mm-hmm. well, we see uh, we see her in the coffin, and I mean, despite ourselves, we're like, she's dead sexy.
0: Okay, well we've taken us have taken it into a necrophiliac
4: direction. No, we don't want to do anything about it. We're just commenting that they they did a very good job in presenting the body.
0: Well, technically, the word means is attracted to. It doesn't. It doesn't say you do anything about it. So, very technically, by the definition of the word, uh, I I think you know you've just
4: just made but a statement. Heath, you know what? Sometimes. You look at a Van Gogh, and look, the painter's been dead for years and years, Mm -hmm, but it mm -hmm. doesn't mean it's not a beautiful painting. (laughs) Shall we recommence? Do not recommence with the corpse, Michael. (laughs) If you would like to recommence with our dying podcast, easy to do, simply find our stiff- Uh, commentary on (laughs) your uh, podcast listener of choice Um, uh, hopefully by the end of the episode neither keith or i will be divorced though it's Uh. i suppose highly possible at this juncture we need a mike keeps digging bumper uh never has saying uh join us for the oopsies uh been more appropriate because (laughs) i'm finding myself feeling that way quite often we'll see you soon Season 7, episode 15, Choir Boys. It's not a conspiracy.
7: I simply can't understand how two different people could pick him out of a lineup without some police collusion.
6: It just means he looks like whoever this killer is. They've offered murder to.
7: You're certainly not suggesting that we consider that.
6: We know you're innocent, but... But what? There's a kind of a swell here. I don't need to tell you that.
7: The media doesn't get a vote. Please,
6: don't kid yourself, Mrs. Bakey. The influence of the media seeps into that jury room. They weren't sequestered. A lot of them will be watching the
8: news despite the judge's instructions. The witnesses are credible, persuasive demeanors, and...
7: What about me? You don't find me persuasive?
8: You're his mother.
7: I am also truthful.
8: Look, I cooperated
3: fully. I gave them DNA samples. I let them search my house, my car. I never broken any law. Are you actually telling me that I could go away for life? All right, let's do it. Simply because I happen it. to look like somebody. Who's
0: dead? A mother and son Who's accused of murder team
4: guy who, yes, we are telling you that you could go away for life just for something that you guys, some guy you look a little bit like, and your mom's kind of hot.
0: Wow, there it is. Uh, The mom who Mike also feels. Mike is thirsty. For moms and possibly corpses.
4: Possibly. (laughs) I'm just saying, if they're done up well, Keith.
0: (laughs) If they're done up well. All right, well, uh, those mom is played by uh, Oscar nominee Leslie M. Warren. She got an Oscar nomination for Victor Victoria. She has five Golden Globe nominations, including one win. You would know her from Daredevil, Cinderella, Clue, Desperate Housewives, Mission Impossible. And she was a Razzie nominee nominee for Color of Night, which is some Bruce Willis like basic instinct ripoff, mm. which I definitely want to watch. Uh apparently it's terrible. And I it but the cast is like ridiculous. Definitely gonna watch it. I gotta find it somewhere. I'm just not gonna pay for it. And The Sun is played by Matthew Settle from I Still Know What You Did Last Summer, Uh, not the one over there, Uh, U571, Band of Brothers, Gossip Girl, and ER.
4: I think I remember him on Band of Brothers. He was great. Oh, you didn't change your inflection like you usually do to tell me that you're done, but it sounds like Keith is done. Let's recommence the episode. Mike, no longer listening to what I say, just how I say it no longer would imply that I had started it at some point <laughs> well perhaps
0: I should put some makeup on and lie dead <laughs> then
4: you've got my undiv- undying attention <laughs> apparently dying attention see Keith a better podcast would be putting the remixed uh, <clears throat> one of the remixes although we'd, we'd have to keep attributing those wonderful uh, people so uh, and I've already forgotten their names yeah well fair enough but, although uh, since he found them on Fiverr chances are good that they've already forgotten they worked on it so oh for sure I, I mean
0: Mike I think I think possibly it's a throwdown challenge to you to remix the practice theme song why me because I don't want to do it
1: <laughs> yeah that's that's fair <laughs> Russell Bakey, better known as the <laughs> alleged supermarket killer. Finally goes on trial today for the murders of three South End women. Just remember,
4: Keith, when you hear that beep, just think of all the fun you could have on Supermarket sweet su- Wait, I'm being told that's not at all what they said. Oh, Supermarket Killer. Okay, my bad. Yes, yes.
1: Rumors of a last-minute plea agreement have turned out to be false. Both Is sides he guilty? Failed to reach an agreement. He's
9: Eugene doesn't think so. In
1: the hands of the jury.
9: Lindsay.
10: Mr. Deeks?
0: Guys, Mike was right. It is that guy who. that probably serial killer who Lindsay got off despite saying, I'm not taking any more criminal cases. Played by John Bader. Who is this person?
10: She's a lawyer I work with. Claire Wyatt. Stanley Deeks. What's wrong?
9: I need to speak in private.
10: Actually, lawyer client privilege extends to her, Stanley. You can speak freely. What's the situation?
9: I had a relapse. Jesus. A relapse? I made a friend. She was only 14, but we had a lot in common. And
4: here's that moment Mike feels bad about making any her. sort of sexual joke her. at all. Yes. Where is your friend now, Stanley?
9: She's away.
4: Away? Where away?
9: I need to get help, Lindsay.
4: Yeah, man. Now now I'm remembering at the end at the end of the episode when she got him off wasn't she like but we can still get you some help and he was like no I'm good now yep well Lindsay sometimes you dig your own grave and now you gotta lie in it mm.
9: I thought I was better but I'm not Stanley
10: did you kill this girl
4: a little bit She's really mostly. I was loading dead.
5: my groceries into the car when I saw them. By them you mean the defendant. And this the is woman Elizabeth in the poster on the left.
4: You know one thing that has not changed since this episode to 2021, Keith? Hmm. That the technology for displaying oversized pictures of dead people is still cardboard cutout poster board uh, that you get at CVS and we haven't like moved to digital or anything. They always, they still feel like presenting the best case in Congress or in court is a big piece of poster board. Uh, what depends on depends
0: on what district you're in. Some people have, you know, the led screen. I mean, my cat has a, has a, uh,
4: has a flat screen. Well, that's good. And it's true. The, at least the January 6th insurrection was passed around via PowerPoint. <laughs>
2: uh-huh.
5: Heidi Stevens. What were they doing? At first I thought they were together. But then I gathered he was offering to help jumpstart her car. The battery was dead or something. It was a bitter cold night. Did she accept his offer? Yes.
11: Do you know whether or not he was able to help start her car?
5: No. They were still working on it when I left, so I don't know. Are you positive that this is the man you saw that night with Heidi Stevens? Very positive. They were only about 20 feet away from me.
6: Were you able to describe for the police what this man was wearing that night?
5: Not enough to give a specific description.
6: Was he wearing a hat? Yes. Can you describe that?
5: It was a knit hat.
6: Pulled down a little over his forehead.
5: It didn't cover his face.
6: You mentioned it being cold. Do you remember how cold? It's
2: an
5: important I believe it was in the teens.
6: they brought extras to stand in the back. And you kind of took time hmm. out from loading your groceries on this cold night to check out this man's face. How long do you think you looked at him?
5: I really don't know. Long enough for it to make an impression.
6: More than five seconds? Probably not. And this was at night?
5: The parking lot was well lit.
6: You saw him for less than five seconds at night?
5: And picked him out of a lineup?
6: Before or after you saw his face on the news?
5: After.
0: Is it possible? I'd find that that pretty... That when you went through the police lineup, you
6: underscored well by a good Helen Gamble because you'd just seen his face
0: on the news. Also, welcome back to the Beckett House Gamble. I recognized him
5: from both the news and the parking lot.
0: Also well underscored by a lack of underscoring, which I think is That's smart. That's the
9: address. Nobody lives there. That's why we go there cuz the house was empty. We never had sex or anything. I'm not sick that way. How
4: Mm-hmm. they what just happened? recommenced their relationship they were platonic
9: around her neck wait what I'm pretty sure she's dead you're wait, pretty sure what does that mean you're not positive well it, it's been two days and she hasn't gone home at least that's what they're saying in, in the news you think maybe they're trying to trick me
4: Yo, David e. Kelly I does uncomfortable better in, than anybody man.
9: but I don't want to go to prison I want to get better and I'm afraid for me to get better I'm going to have to tell the doctors what I did and if I do they'll tell the police
0: I don't know what to do a lot of uncomfortable reaction
4: shots Yo, Lindsay fucked up with this guy last time. So, here's an opportunity where we give Lindsay a chance to make it right, Keith. And uh, Seven Seasons has told us that that doesn't often happen.
0: Well, here's a question that that I don't know the answer to all of these seasons in. She was, or he was her client for the previous crimes, right? And does that, if if he has not hired her yet, does that extend, does that privilege extend to crimes down the road? So even if she says, like, look, I can't tell you about anything that happened before this, but this person who used to be my client, who was no longer my client, has done this crime, does does privilege extend there?
4: My guess is yes. My yeah, guess is that once has. you've retained a a. a, a an attorney for any crime that you speak and you're speaking to them under the belief that you have privilege, it probably extends. Would be my guess, but I, I do not know. Uh, and
0: I'm sure there's also a distinction between the crime has already happened versus I'm going I'm to do the of crime. to do this, yeah. Although in this case, I think she could make a credible argument that because he is not sure if the the girl is dead yet that it would be an ongoing crime which might give her Some an out. wiggle room. Some wiggle room. I, I think I think if it's a an upcoming crime or an ongoing crime, privilege does not extend
4: we'll see what she does here. Somebody smarter than the market
11: This was taken the night Wendy Banks was killed. What's yes. up, Ray Abruzzo?
1: That's her at the checkout counter. And if we fast forward to here, that's the defendant paying for his groceries.
11: Detective, after arresting the defendant, did you have opportunity to search his car? Yes, we did. Could you tell us what you found?
1: Uh, Keith, Jumper cable.
4: Actually, to answer your question, it's <clears throat> this isn't even going deep. This is just the, ba- the general three bullet points for attorney-client privilege mm-hmm. are as follows, which I think is probably covered here. An actual or potential client communicates with a lawyer regarding legal service. All right, so that doesn't even... You don't even have to have retain their services. Right. The lawyer is acting in a professional capacity rather than, for example, a friend. Uh-huh. Okay. Third, yeah. the client intended the communications to be private, private and acted accordingly, thus asking to speak in private. Then she declared his... The she then declared where privilege extended. So I feel like he's covered here. Well, which is which is then interesting, right? So, Breaking Bad. The, the right? wait, the privilege generally stays in effect even after the attorney-client relationship ends, and even after the client dies. In other words, lawyer can never divulge the client's secrets without the client's permission, unless some kind of exception, see below. Um, expecting blah blah blah, and actual. Well, I'd like to read the—I'm going to continue reading this website. Uh, this is uh, from NOLO.com, law encyclopedia, attorney-client privilege. So I will link this in the show notes to uh, cite the source. Interesting. Great. Well, Way to go,
1: Mike. Toolkit. Pay for effort. His jack was out like it had recently been used, and some box cutters we think were used to slash tires.
11: What, if anything, did you conclude?
1: That these were the instruments he used to disable cars and also repair them. We think that was his M.O. for approaching women, disabling their cars— and then coming to their rescue.
6: Any video that shows my client had contact with Wendy Banks in the store? No. And this was a different grocery store from where the Graham other two were has not aged a goddamn day. Right, Detective? He has
1: That's not. correct. All three victims were last seen at different grocery stores. Brutto's and the and box cutters,
6: you said you think had been used to slash tires. Could you positively connect them to Susan Graham's tire? No. You also searched my client's house, correct, Detective? Wait, yes. who's the judge there? Were you able to find
0: any physical evidence the connecting my client with The judge is John Sterling murders? Carter. We've seen him before. No. That was absolutely a girl. I actually a think judge. that the
8: most damning.
0: Oh! Oh, wait. Yeah, no. All right. So that that's for the next case. Mm-hmm. Were you able to find any physical it's evidence what's her name? connecting my
6: client with these murders?
8: No. I actually think that the most damning piece of evidence is the video. Why? Well, it's one thing to argue a look-alike, But on top of that, we know for a fact that he just so happened to shop in the same grocery store at the same time of the last victim on the night she disappeared. But I live near the store. Understood. But those are two very big coincidences, Russell.
7: Not to be critical, but I'm <laughs> a little disappointed in your performance so far. Mrs. Bakey. Here we have an innocent man. No scientific, no forensic evidence whatsoever against him, and yet you speak as a defeatist.
8: I speak as a realist. The public wants to lynch somebody. Right now, your son is the only offering.
4: What a familiar conversation, Keith.
8: Yeah, May right? May continue,
4: please? Feels pretty topical. topical.
8: Thank you. Russell, you'll go first. We'll follow that up with your mother, who we know will make every effort to come off sympathetic. Are you ready?
7: He's ready.
0: Some pretty intense shade from Eugene there. Thank God it's Eugene up was Bobby, he'd be flirting hard. his ass off. Be That's Russell. right.
1: She'll come
8: straight for you.
11: With what? I've got nothing really to cross him
1: with. Yes, you do. Good looking guy, nice job, makes a lot of money, lives with his mother. Come on.
11: It doesn't make him a murderer.
1: It makes him weird. He's probably a closet homo or something.
11: Okay, let's go with that. If he's secretly he gay, nice. then he's sure to
1: kill. Helen, we both know this is the killer. Get him to flash his rage. Push him. If he doesn't emote, we'll paint him as cold. If he does flare, we'll argue that he's a man of rage. Also, get as close to him as you can. Why? Because you're the prototype of the women he kills. I want the jury to picture the victims when you question him. I don't know. Look. I agree. Our case is thin, <laughs> which makes this cross pivotal. You need to push him.
11: Go there. You,
1: you forget the that Smichovic is still
0: dead?
4: Helen's boss. Right? <sighs> she
10: has to be dead. He... Oh, he said he wasn't sure, Claire.
4: Lindsay, he said get he the hell over there. She's dead. Call the police. not dead. What if for tip. some
10: reason she isn't? What if she's lying there with with a broken neck, you know, paralyzed or something? Lindsay, I'm not sure I could go there.
0: I this can't is not go to be a with the slightest possibility.
10: Well, can't you send someone like a private detective? I'm not sure it wouldn't violate privilege. Look, I'm pretty sure I'm going to. Okay, it's only 20 please. minutes from here. I would think. You know what, oh, Lucy? No, that, like this, we should Lucy, be allowed
0: to. Tell the police. that's going to be an important well, quirk that we're going to drop in want. the first episode, then forget about for the Cream
10: rest jelly! of the series.
4: Great,
10: Lindsay. Do you want
4: me to go with you? you yes. You said you couldn't go. Oh, okay. they are going together. Tag team!
3: That was me on the video. I was in the supermarket that night. Did you meet Wendy Banks? I did not. Nor did I ever meet Heidi Stevens or Susan Graham. Two witnesses said they saw you helping those women with their cars. Those witnesses are mistaken. Okay. Can you tell us where you were on the nights of these murders? On the evening of October the 20th, I was working late in my office. What do you do, sir? I'm a security consultant. I basically help to detect and prevent computer fraud. Thank you. And the nights of the other murders? I was home. Both nights? Yes. The January 3rd night, I was obviously doing some grocery shopping in the evening. But I was home the rest of the night. Do you live alone? No, I live with my mother. Was she home on those nights? Yes, she was. And she can
6: confirm that you were home. Yes, she can. Mr. Bakey. So if you look at the show, Jimmy,
0: pause it right there. No. They have a whole ton of extras standing in the back of the courtroom holding their coats. Now, in in canon, like that is a crazy long thing to be doing. Just literally standing holding your coat in the background. But imagine you're an extra in this and just like they probably shot this scene for 12 hours eight eight
4: ten hours oh god what an awful gig that is you want to be an extra yikes so if you did that today and i'm assuming they're not sag if you did that today 2021 uh you 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 would sign on for 10 hours and they would pay you 180 dollars. that's today so you go back to 2003 i don't know what the rate was but i can tell you it's lower and uh, that's that. That hundred eighty dollars is for ten hours of your time.
0: Standing still, never coughing, never
4: sneezing, wearing a suit, holding your jacket. Have been arrested before? No, I have not.
3: I am, and I have always been, um, a law-abiding person. I have never committed any crime. I'd never received so much as a speeding ticket. I certainly did not take the lives of three women.
4: It is I would assume Helen Gamble's been off the show for a few episodes with not getting plastic even surgery. A speeding looks like ticket. she's altered her appearance no. slightly.
11: Well, Mr. Bakey, you just sound too good to be true. I would think a woman yeah. would be lucky to snag you. Objection. Sustained. Hey church.
0: As a matter yes, of fact, it's I Kittleson. Do. Holland Taylor is. You even join the choir. With didn't a new
3: you? hairdo. I tried out for the choir.
11: Well, according to my sources he didn't sing too well.
3: This just ended. There was some suspicion that you might have
11: He's tried out in order to meet boy. women. Is that true?
3: I can't speak to the truth of the suspicion, but that's not why I tried out for the choir.
11: Ever been in therapy, Mr. Bakey? Objection? Sustained. Your Honor, I'm trying to explore the psyche of a grown man who still lives at home with his mother.
8: Objection? If you want to know why he lives therapy, with his mother, ask it. But he hasn't
11: opened any door on character evidence. Mr. Bakey. You are a bit modest in describing your job. In fact, you're a bit of a whiz. Many companies hire you to detect computer fraud, don't they? I've done well. You make over $200,000 a year. A talented, good-looking man who still lives with his mother. Seems odd.
8: Objection.
11: Withdrawn. Mr. Bakey, is your mother physically or financially dependent on you? No. Have you ever not lived with your mother?
3: No. I am not ashamed of loving my mother, Miss Gamble. I enjoy living with her. We're very compatible.
11: Ever had sex with her? Objection. Objection! Trying to explore the depth of this love and compatibility. The objection is sustained. Ever had any girlfriends, Mr. Bakey? I date. I don't mean a date or a movie or helping a girl change a tire. Objection. Miss Gamble. I mean a relationship. Have you ever had a relationship. long-term relationship with a woman? If so, could I have her name? Your Honor. Overruled. He can answer that one. Any girlfriends, is- Mr. Bakey.
3: I've been extremely career-oriented. What does that Lots
11: have to do with a murder, with though?
0: Object- like, well, if doesn't she, she have to it. tie that to su- to to the murder in some fashion? Like, feels irrelevant.
4: I still want to know if he fucked his mom.
0: Well, yeah, of course. I mean, it's good TV. I'm just not sure how it's relevant to the case.
4: Well, if he fucks his mom, then clearly he murders women.
0: Uh, I mean, obviously. Or, uh, you sure. know, is it to corpses? Knock it
11: off. Do you have a problem getting along with women, Mr. Bakey?
0: No, I do not.
11: You kill women, don't you, Mr. Bakey?
4: No, I do not. I love it when Helen does the plan B. Well, I guess it's not really plan B because he is the defense so it's more of the we get to see the plan A, Keith, which is really nice. He gets to she's doing the Eugene. Do the Eugene. I mean, I, I now do she, the Eugene. She's kind
0: of doing the Nancy Grace.
4: Put the guy on the stand. Try to make him mad. If he doesn't admit to murder, that will make you sad. Do the Eugene. Eugene. Yeah, yeah. Now do the Eugene. You of the victims were last seen I'd sing with along, you. but we're no, not in It's not. a problem. If Kid Sin thinks you're a bitch, just make it, just uh, sit right down and let Smichovich do the huge. <laughs> <Sorry>. I'm <laughs> workshopping it.
3: <laughs> Your witnesses were
11: mistaken. My witnesses were mistaken. Well, too bad for you. I guess that you don't have any witnesses other than loving mom. You have difficulties with intimacy, don't you, Mr. Bakey? It causes you to kill women. Objection. Sustained. Is it some
4: sexual dysfunction that causes? How many objections until they tell her to stop? I mean, she, I mean I, where's I she mean, gonna go? She said do you sustained. have a winky dinky? Do you have a loose little <laughs> winky dinky? Are you ashamed of your pooty scooty? Like, where is she going? <laughs> like, when is I'll Kittleson to gonna to say, snap. like,
11: Helen, you have to stop? I asked you a question, Mr. Bakey. Do you have some sexual dysfunction that caused you to snap and stab those three women?
4: Did your ex-girlfriend stop platonically chatting at you via email Gmail?
0: (laughs) Witness was Gmail. Gmail, no, this was hotmail. As are you, Miss Campbell. I bet it was. GeoCities.
4: Oh, here's his boarded up house. The most beautiful lawyers of all time have walked in. Mm Mm-hmm. It's so great work on the door cool Upstairs.
10: <laughs> I can't believe we can't hire someone. Oh, this episode to do brought
4: this. to you by beautiful pastel yeah, trench coats.
10: Privilege, there Yeah, well, privilege doesn't require us to go look at dead bodies. Just wait here. Oh, right, like I'm gonna
3: wait anywhere alone.
0: I mean, it's definitely a fixer upper, but that's a beautiful house. You get a low fixed rate mortgage. It just needs some plaster and some corpse removal
4: kitty man cave <laughs> kitty man cave I
0: mean that door seems original looks beautiful
4: alright we're in the bedroom oh my god she's dead well we don't know we haven't seen her yet oh she dead she's super dead she's really quite sincerely
10: okay. dead she's dead let's go
4: OH SHIT! Why are you here? Oh my god! Stanley! Why are you here? Well, cause you're fucked up, Stanley! What the fuck do you think we're here for? You told us there's a potentially little dead girl there. This dumb act ain't working for me no more. You're a fucking murderer, and I'm telling the police. So go fuck yourself, Stanley. Strong feelings. She was dead. Why? Because you let us hang, and this is bullshit, Stanley. Why are you acting like a moron? You're a goddamn murderer. I needed to see it for myself, and now I know. Go fuck yourself, Stanley. Because if she wasn't, it would be in your best interest to save her.
9: You were going to tell on me.
4: No, we
10: weren't. But we needed to be sure that she wasn't suffering.
9: I don't think she suffered that much. Look at her. She was so beautiful. What kind of person would kill an innocent child like that? Stanley,
10: I know you didn't want to hurt her. And I know you desperately
4: don't want was to he hurt her. Was he this nuts else. in the first episode?
9: Given that, maybe we should go to yeah, the police. Yeah, kind of. No, I can't go to prison.
4: Mm-hmm.
9: I'll go to a hospital. Not this but shit not again. not a prison. You said that before now look because I didn't go to a hospital I'll go to a doctor Lindsay I want to but not prison not prison
4: Lindsay I mean there are times in life when you get guilt tripped into something but like shame on shame fool me once shame on me fool me twice your mother goes up next
2: Wait, mm. we're, we're the we opposite.
4: Rest. You know, whatever it is. You okay. sh- can't get fooled again. Are you all right? Yo, Tom Holland stole this guy's Smallville career. Do you think
0: I'm average living? That's true. To Tom, Tom Welling.
4: Yeah, that's Tom, that's Tom Holland stole no. his
0: Spider-Man career.
4: Yeah, well, they don't look. He doesn't like Tom Holland. It's Tom not Tom Welling. You're right.
0: Typical. How for do a I know that man. you don't?
4: You're the. You could do man With a Superman test. You You're right, man. I've said a lot of bad stuff this episode. Somebody save <laughs> me. Come on.
3: Why do you still live at home? I'm hugely busy at work.
4: My mom makes me smoothies Not like every I have morning. A
3: family or a need for my own place yet. What about a need for your independence? I suppose I. Still feel safe at home.
4: I have a buddy, Keith, my age. His birthday's a couple days before me. Mm -hmm. He, every morning, so his wife goes to work. She's a teacher, so his wife goes to work at like 6 a.m. He sleeps until about like 7.30 by the time. When he wakes up, his mom is there who lives about half a mile away. His mom brings him a green smoothie every morning, fixes breakfast for his kids while he goes to work. Then later that night, she brings dinner over for his family. That's a pretty freaking sweet deal, isn't it? Like every night? Every morning and every night.
1: Whoa.
4: Get me mom, a mom like that? Mom, are you, listening? Like yeah, really? mom, are you
0: listening? Where's my smoothie? My parents were divorced when I was young. Please do not show up in my bed my at mother, 7.30 with a smoothie. She fought all my battles.
4: <laughs> I didn't say she's in his bed. You're watching too much of the practice. I mind
3: my self-esteem in the process. But I guess I've always felt I don't know. I'm safe.
6: I'm gonna throw something out. It's kind of wild, but. What? Well, you've described your mother as pretty controlling. Is it possible your mother saw you with these women and she killed them? Because, I don't know, she felt
3: threatened or. Jimmy, I never met these women. I was never with them. Okay. And even if I was with them, my mother, she is not capable of committing murder. Trust me. Like I said, it it was a wild idea.
4: (laughs) But one we use quite liberally and quite often.
3: Is she gonna go after her? Sorry? The DA, is she planning to attack my mother?
4: Well, if she doesn't, we will, so... (laughs) <laughs> right. That is we're 100% our punishment. plan. We just yeah. want our daughter back. In fact, we, we're pretty sure that's what, what you paid us for. To your for.
10: compassion and to your humanity, please. Please just bring her back.
4: Can you? Well, Keith, in a very uh, David E. Kelly uh, playbook, we have presented that Lindsay should feel bad that she now has this information that this man killed the little girl, but now we must rub all of the salt into that wound. And so now we are watching the mother of the victim plead to anyone with information, namely Lindsay, in bed. We got to keep upping the stakes, man. Yeah. Now the question here is: We know that privilege also ex- extends to Bobby as her spouse. Is she going to like? Is she going to come clean to Bobby? Well, I don't know if privilege extends to Bobby. No, I guess privilege would privilege of any crimes Lindsay commits is right. Right. right? It, the, yeah, you're right. Spousal privilege. Doesn't yeah,
0: apply in this case, and because she's not working, if he's if she still worked at the
4: firm, then it would extend to Bobby, but she doesn't anymore. Well, I bet you, like there's a hole in the wall, so like theoretically, they share the same space. Hmm. And also, so she probably doesn't know that about the dead baby on the church steps. I
0: would, I would think not. No. Can you imagine? Or the no. seventy-two black widows? He back? How long she been gone? Did they say?
10: I didn't hear
8: This is when I go back to believing in death penalty
4: Uh oh
0: Somebody snatches
4: a child Yeah Come on Those weren't the best written lines for Bobby there No
0: Look at that big chunky keyboard I just
11: had you serviced
0: serviced? Who services a computer? Damn it. They serviced her keyboard, not the computer. Oh. Hello, oh, Helen. shit. She's being 90s hacked.
4: Hello, Helen. You don't look well. I'm going to do a dramatic reading. Oh, thank you. Those, those who, who falsely, falsely
1: accuse others fall. deserve punishment themselves.
4: I guess David e. Kelly knew this was going to be a podcast. And those who would vilify
1: <laughs> a person's mother don't attack the mother, dear Helen.
4: It's got to be the kid hacking Hacking, her, right?
1: Did you send it? Oh,
4: yeah. Me? Eugene thinks so.
8: I'm in jail. Well, you made a few calls last night. A computer expert could use the phone lines to send a message. That's ridiculous, Eugene. I'd have to know her address. Well, you might have plucked it off some of our discovery correspondence. Look, this is a thinly veiled threat on a DA's life, Russell. That alone could get...
3: I didn't send it. Did Mom? Look, I don't know what's going on. Maybe the real killer is playing head games. But I didn't send that. And my mother wouldn't even know how to boot up a computer, much less hack into somebody else's. It does seem suspicious, Russell. Last night, you
6: asked me if Helen Gamble planned to attack your mother on the stand. You used that very word,
3: attack. A few hours later, she gets a message using the word? I promise you, I had nothing to do with this. You want me to take a polygraph, wheel a machine, in. I have nothing to do with this.
4: You was know, mom a murderer and a master hacker? Tell them! Only that she's dead.
9: I'll go to prison!
10: Stanley, listen to me. I will not say who killed her, I will not even reveal where she is. But these parents are suffering. They should at least be notified that their daughter is gone.
4: Can't someone just put the an anonymous tip in like from a payphone and be like, this address?
10: Stanley, you have a sickness. I mean, the technically, yeah, Jimmy it, did it. A- so it's because I think you are a man with compassion. It is inhumane to let these parents go day after day after day not knowing. We will in no way implicate you. We won't help them find her or lead them to any evidence. Let us spare these people some pain, Stanley. Please.
9: You can tell the parents, not the police. Well, they'll just go to the police anyway, Stanley. It <laughs> you can tell the parents, not
4: the police. Doesn't the guy playing Stanley look like he was, like, the B-choice for Jimmy?
7: I can vouch for ah. him physically for two of the murders. On the third, I'll simply on the vouch for his character.
8: Let's begin with the night of December 19th.
7: He was not only home, he was sitting right by my side. From 8 p.m. through the 11 o'clock news. You're sure? Positive. We were watching It's a Wonderful Life. It's a Christmas tradition, Russell and I have... We've been watching it together, every year going back to his childhood. If you check your local listings, you'll see that it aired December 19th.
8: Well, did he ever leave the house?
7: Never. He used the little boy's room during a commercial break or two, but other than that, he was right it's by my side. That's a creepy
0: sword. way to put that
4: in this... What, pee, You gotta Evening do a pee pee poo poo in 3rd. the little
7: boy's room? Again, he was home. I sent him to the market to pick up a few items Then he cried all the way. I saw him on the video. But he was Uh, home shortly after seven.
4: He murdered all the way home.
8: I would assume you love your son very much.
7: I've been divorced over twenty-three years. And my son is without question my dearest and closest loved one.
8: Which begs the question um, would you lie to spare your son a lifetime of prison?
7: If faced with that, I suppose I would, Mr. Young. But I'm not faced with that today. My son was with me. He was home. The fact is, my son is innocent of the crimes he is being charged with.
8: Thank you.
4: You know, what's interesting about this, Keith, Keith, is you know, it's it's sort of the antithesis. No, it's exactly what we were talking about earlier, right? So now we're presented. We don't know the fact. We don't know what happened here. We don't know if this guy did it or not. We haven't seen any of the actual evidence or whatnot. Right. So we are being presented the sort of some of the the potential, not even real salacious details. The potentially salacious details. Maybe there isn't. Maybe there is a sexual relationship between these two. Maybe it's just fucking weird. Maybe she's just a little strange. Maybe they're both a little strange. Is it an unorthodox relationship for a grown man and his mommy? It seems that way. But does any of that mean he murdered somebody? Right. right? So here we are. Here we are in the yeah, exact scenario we've been talking about all episode.
0: Which is very interesting because, I i mean, you're 100% right on that. And i I feel like, based on production schedules, this would have come out a little too fast to have been influenced by that. But, uh, it certainly is a an
4: eerie parallel to what was happening as you were mentioning in the Lacey Peterson trial. Eerie parallel, or and we can discuss this after the kind of in in the the summary and adjudication of the episode, is it or is it a trope that is too often mined in the practice and used to to uh, what's the word I'm looking for to fill in gaps for us, right? Like, maybe we would prefer to just get some of the, maybe it would be more interesting if we got some of the actual evidence and could, could see the case. But right here, it looks like the story is just being told. Like, I think it feels like the drama of the episode is, hey, these guys are weird, aren't they? Isn't this weird? Hey, guys, look at this. They're weird, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, or, right, is this happening so often because this is happening epidemically in right. our legal system? Yeah. Right, Yeah. So, right. Yeah, yeah.
4: Or is Gamble is... She's in the weeds here. Yes, she Your is. son
11: is the dearest and closest loved one in your life. Is that the reason you got divorced 23 years ago?
7: The reason was my husband and I were ill-suited for marriage. Well, in the divorce complaint, your
11: husband alleged that you sexually molested your seven-year-old son, Russell.
7: He alleged that as leverage to gain custody. The charge was baseless and never considered seriously by anybody
11: did you used to sleep with your seven-year-old
7: son? He'd get scared at night. I'd let him in the bed.
11: You slept in the nude?
7: I never <laughs> molested my son.
11: It certainly would explain a few things. If mother and son become lovers, it contribute.
8: Objection! There's no basis for that. There's
11: no basis yet, because I haven't been able to ask the question.
8: You need basis for the question itself, and there is none.
11: I that agree. The point. objection is sustained. Okay, then... We'll just leave it at, you love your son so dearly, and by your own testimony, you would lie to spare him a life in prison.
4: Yeah, that was a mistake on Eugene's part. Except for, I feel like that
0: lends her credibility. Because what mother wouldn't, and her, it it makes me believe more everything else she's saying, because she's like, you know, just admitting to something we all know.
4: Uh, fair, uh, but that's it's com- that's completely subjective, right? It it depends on the juror. It depends well, sure. on like when you it depends and how, even how you say it. When you when she answered the question to the when, her answer in regards to Eugene's question sounded great. You're right. Uh, yes, I would, but in this case, I don't have to because I'm telling the truth. Yeah, it sounds great. Right. But when preempted by a salacious accusation that you you know, in not answering, in the objection, she's not able to say, no, of course I don't fucking sleep with my son. That's absurd, right? Right. So it, it kind of, it, that deni- that the denial of the question could, could bite them in the ass because Helen is doing a good job of insinuating and you can insinuate all the fuck you want and the juror has to hear it, the jury has to hear it. Yeah, fair enough. Can I ask if she wants to fuck her son?
9: We're looking for Lindsay Dole.
0: Look, intent is not the same That's thing me. as doing it, just like you and the corpse. Come on. <laughs> what information do you have? I'm such a jerk. Please sit. I
10: just Please, want
1: to look just at it. Tell us. But... I think
10: we need to sit.
0: <laughs> this is Debbie A. Monaghan and John Ganon as the grieving parents.
10: I'm afraid my information, it isn't good.
4: Oof! This is rough.
10: Your daughter is dead. A client of mine has admitted to me that he took Cindy's life.
4: Oh my God.
10: Privilege prevents me from telling you anything more but to spare you further agony of not knowing i i am so sorry i mean is this there was any the most... chance that this client was lying to you no
4: I guess this is the most totally honest way to do it
10: her body was I and mean, uh, i it's i was there and it it, it was her you didn't call the police, Lindsay? She, she had passed away.
2: She Where did is go? she?
10: I'm afraid I can't tell you that.
1: How was she killed?
4: I'm afraid I can't tell you that either. See, hold on. I have a, I have a moral and ethical kind of bone to pick with this. Okay. Right? So... She did not say uh, it. The show, to me, did not present Lindsay's approaching this this way as a legal her legal, uh, uh what's the word Re- requirement to do so. It seemed the way it was presented as though she did this to spare them pain and suffering, right? As a hum- humane thing to do. Right. Right. However, if you're if if going in, you know you're not going to tell them any details of how she was killed. Who did it, where she is even, then you're only propagating the the the, the pain and the suffering. Well, no, because I I, I think Propagate that, Promulgating?
0: Uh yeah, sure. Okay. I, I I think that um knowing at least that she's dead is different than not knowing.
4: Why can't she tell them where they are? Because, because that might be tied to him at some point, some way. Right, because as soon as you know where the body
0: is, they start, you know, like, looking for forensic evidence, that kind of stuff. I mean, it's yeah. okay. It, it seems it, it it seems like a temporary solution, right? Because this guy doesn't seem bright enough to know how to dispose of the body and get away with it. Like they're going to find her at some at some point. Mm-hmm. So this is literally just like so. You're not wondering you know in the meantime and however long it takes for that to happen i guess
4: you know it sucks i guess i guess the point is it's always the point right but like my sort of emotional response there i can temper it by saying well that guy as much of a monster as he is has the right for his fucking attorney to not give him up right so yeah I guess right. you have to sometimes be not only unethical but like it the, the moral grayness extends in perpetuity
0: yeah well it's a difficult situation it certainly does <laughs>
2: oh, God. Oh, my God.
4: <laughs> you know Just out of nothing, out of nothing, like you know, just watching this episode, you you recognize that that's a really difficult scene for those parents, and you know it's hard to do that on set. But what's you know it's funny the way our business is changing. I'm going to give you guys a little peek behind the curtain. Keith can speak to this too. Like, so you would consider them guest stars because they speak and they come on the show. So Jen had an audition. My wife had an audition today. Uh, They're doing a lot of auditions via Ecocast Live, which is basically a Zoom audition. And Jen was, uh, I think she was a grieving wife for this, uh, whatever, this episodic. And so they didn't send her sides at all. And she um, basically was at 11 today and and she had to just like log on Zoom and they were like, okay, we're gonna just like say a line to you like uh, your husband's dead and just react. And so imagine how awkward, it's awkward enough to do it on set, but like to just do it in your bedroom. So I, I left the house so that she could like do what she had to do. She she did
0: know that she was gonna play a grieving wife. So she didn't like like you know, we're not gonna tell you what the show is, we're not gonna tell you the problem. It It could be like
4: surprise. Like You got a puppy or your husband's (laughs) dead. It could be anything. But it's like you gotta find a well of like to get to that place. I I almost feel like on set when you can kind of like get but like if you're just in your house. Like, you just had morning coffee and we're watching Jeopardy and now you got to, like, go find the place to, like, be upset. That's, it ain't easy. And to do it live, too. I mean, that's... We'll do it live! Because we do a
0: lot of taped stuff. We don't... It Have we done a lot? A lot of live.
5: The parents of Cindy Burns were told by the killer's lawyer that Cindy has, in fact... Please, don't look, me, Please don't look at me, Stanley.
9: Why isn't Lindsay? don't look at me.
5: Lindsay is
10: under a microscope right now. There's a chance the police could watch her every move, which is why you are not to come to our
9: office. This is- Please don't talk to me. The this guy's not bright. I'm
10: being watched, don't look nope. at me. Lindsay and I got subpoenaed this morning. The police are going to try to force us to talk, but you need not worry. We won't. The main thing for you to remember is do not call us. Do not come to see us. We will contact you. Write that down if you need to, Stanley. But don't forget it. Wait for us to contact you.
4: This is some spy shit. Yeah. Keith, maybe if we get, we don't want Eugene, we want Lindsay and I'm not and, saying we uh, can't win. Claire.
8: But I'm nervous. Apparently. If we could get manslaughter. No. Then- you came
6: off like a strange man. Add to that two of the victims were last seen with you. And the third I agree with Eugene. It's a big risk. Neither of us has a good feeling here.
3: They're offering manslaughter.
8: They haven't offered anything yet.
3: I need to speak to Miss Gamble, personally. Why? I just do. I need to speak to her before I would even consider a plea.
11: I don't know who put the notion of plea into your head, but if you think I'd offer manslaughter.
8: What can we get?
11: Murder two.
8: Oh, come on, Helen. This could be a straight not guilty. You've got no forensics evidence.
11: Eugene, I can live with an acquittal. But the politics of letting a man we consider to be a serial killer get off on manslaughter. I would think the important
6: thing would be to get him off the street.
11: If you brought me in here to discuss manslaughter, talk time's over.
3: They brought you in because I wanted to talk to you, Miss Campbell. I want you to know I don't blame you. If you truly believe I'm guilty, I would expect you to be zealous against me. I have no hard feelings.
11: I don't care.
3: One other thing. I majored in psychology at Northeastern. I took many courses in criminal psychology. I wish you had taken a few because if you had, you'd know I'm innocent.
11: I majored in English Lit.
3: Bummer. I read and reread that message you received. My interpretation is that whoever sent it doesn't want me convicted. He's angry with you. Perhaps the real killer doesn't like the attention and credit going to me. In any event, I firmly believe that if you continue to prosecute me zealously, you will be killed.
11: Oh. Are you threatening you know. me, Mr. Bakey?
3: Me? No, I'm only saying that whoever sent this, in my opinion, intends very much to kill you if you don't back off. Russell.
4: Okay, so we are, uh, my humble opinion, 34 mm-hmm. minutes and 37 seconds into the episode. Yes. Um We have seen a lot of guest stars. We've seen a lot of portrayals of innocent people, guilty people, mm-hmm. and people riding that line. I submit to you, my viewing audience, this is one of the best portrayals of someone down the middle, because this is a great wrinkle, great writing, great direction, great performance. This could, and the way they've set it up, they've almost led us to believe that like, this guy did it, this guy did it. But just this little wrinkle here where he's now the kind of very silence of the Lammy, like I'm going to psychoanalyze the killer. This is like, could be a threat or it could be him offering help. And the underscoring, everything is playing against his innocence. However, if he's innocent here, amazing turn. If he's guilty, still amazing performance. And watch this last scene in just his dialogue to Helen. There were about three acting shifts, right, where he seems to be have been directed to be like be like you make basically they what they said to him was like you need to be threatening her but potentially not threatening her, right? Like it has to play both ways. And in my opinion, because I do not know the outcome here, it reads both ways. Uh, in fact, I'd like to watch it again.
0: Although I took that as a very explicit threat.
4: Yeah, but like, f- I'll tell you when I directly. see the beat shift back to like maybe not a threat, right? Okay. Like the... Me? Right there. No, I'm
3: only saying. Oh, that I. Whoever said it, oh, it seems It in seems like opinion, a
4: conscious beat shift. Very but
3: much to kill you if you don't. He's back giving himself Russell. deniability. I like
0: this. I think he's just. There's no shame in losing. Giving himself to
4: not Everybody Bill knows it. the
3: state's cases then.
4: I would like I winning. would agree with you that the episode is absolutely giving us every clue and indication that he is a serial killer who's just like an incredible master manipulator. Very the opposite Joey Herrick, right? Like having fun with it, but deadly serious rather than Joey, who's just like playing with it, right? Toying with it. Yeah. But because we don't know there's enough there's enough there that I would I would be okay if they just were like hey we pulled the rug and be like guess what he didn't do it. I would be okay with it well, cuz he's not overdoing it, it, it.
0: And I say this not knowing how this all resolves. Like I would I would at this point as the viewer I'm thinking Jimmy's hypothesis that maybe his mother did it and he's covering for her makes sense to me. Yeah. Like all the that,
4: that I could buy. But I've watched the show long enough to know that a lot of sometimes they lead us down that very well lit tunnel of what they lay all those little things, and they want to pull the switcheroo at the end. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm skeptical, but it works either way for me. Like this is well has been well plotted out for me thus far. That could be deadly. To be quite frank, I'm more interested in the Lindsay case. But,
8: Helen, would you excuse us, please?
4: <laughs> yeah, Eugene's like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, maybe that,
0: maybe not the smartest way to go here.
8: Are you out of your mind?
3: To me, the message seemed dangerous. That's all I was saying. From my experience, women never seem to recognize danger. What's that supposed to mean? Prepare your closing, Eugene.
4: All right, well, maybe I should have seen the scene through before I...
5: (laughs) (laughs) Privilege (laughs) is absolute, (laughs) Your Honor. Miss oh, hey. Dole and Miss Wyatt Cameron? learned what they learned through a confidential communication. It
1: doesn't matter. By going there, they became
0: witnesses themselves.
5: To what? I know that's no. lawyer from somewhere.
0: We're almost at the end of the episode, and we have a new lawyer played by Francis Guinan as D.A. Mitchell Field. But guess what? He was Gary Newman two, all three, the way four. back in part one, meaning this second episode. episode oh, yeah. Second episode of the show. We're not supposed to notice that you've been on the show before, but now you get twist the residuals who at your door. So welcome back to the practice. I'll pretend that I recognize that I saw you in season two and you
4: When you guys said you were going to call me again, I didn't know it would be seven years later. Possible time of death, the position of the body. I wonder if his agent even told them that he'd done the show before. Once they go to a scene, they lose any opportunity.
5: There is no basis in law for that contention. What's more, my clients didn't disturb the scene. But why did
1: they go there at all?
5: To affirm that Cindy Burns was in fact dead. If she were still alive, they could perhaps help save her. And I would submit, Your Honor, to hold that a lawyer blows privilege by going by. to a scene, that could have to: oh, This is. Where it's devastating John Sterling effects. No lawyers would ever go to scenes, and sometimes that would mean lives would be lost. All right,
1: look. I won't make them reveal the identity of their client, but I am ordering them to tell us where the body is.
10: Your Honor, I won't do that.
1: Then I'll hold you in contempt, Miss Dole.:
10: If I tell you where the body is that could lead to discovery of the evidence, which could lead you to my client.
1: Ms. Dole, I am giving you a court order. Please don't think I'm kidding.
5: Lindsay, he's letting you off the hook here. He's ordering you. I'm not looking to get off a hook.
10: This is privileged information and I won't reveal it.
1: Security. Take Miss Dole into custody?
4: Order her soggy fries, please.
1: <laughs> Ms. Wyatt? I am now ordering you to tell us where the body is. Oh, what's is. she gonna do? Great wrinkle.
10: How long will they keep us? Until we tell. Or until it becomes clear we won't.
8: No murder weapon, no fingerprints, no DNA, no blood stains, no forensics evidence whatsoever. They searched my client's house, his car, every stitch of his clothing. They couldn't find so much as a fiber. All they have, all they have, are two witnesses who said they saw a man who looks a lot like Russell Bakey. That and a videotape which puts Russell Bakey in the same supermarket as the third victim. Now that hardly overcomes all reasonable doubt, especially since my client has an alibi. For two of the murders, Russell Bakey has an alibi that puts him in his home for the night. Yes. It's his mother, and yes, she might have a motive to protect him. He's her son. But her testimony stands uncontradicted, uncontroverted. His alibi has not been refuted.
11: She's his mother. She loves him dearly. We heard that, didn't we? They even live together, don't they? They have a very special relationship this mother and son three women are dead all three have one thing in common russell bakey two of them were last seen with him the third in the same supermarket with him how many more coincidences have to happen ladies and gentlemen jumper cables found in his trunk these are tools to help repair cars now I suppose that's a big coincidence, too. This man has serious problems with women, so he kills them, slashes a tire, disconnects a battery, becomes a good Samaritan, and then kills. Loving mom, waiting at home with an alibi. We caught him. We arrested him. We brought him to trial. Now we give him to you. Let's not pick up a newspaper one day and read about yet another coincidence.
5: I don't know. Well, like, the judge just seems determined <laughs> to hold
8: them. Great. Let's Jinx. start working on an appeal. The law has to be with us here.
5: They
4: have a verdict. Oh, hold on, on, on everybody. They let cameras in. Mr. Holy Norman. shit. Have- Rebecca Donaldson he's got a scene yeah she's been gone for so long you don't remember her name Rebecca I I literally don't I don't remember Rebecca Washington Washington. who the hell's Rebecca Donaldson
5: (laughs) I don't know Bobby the judge just seems determined to hold them
8: great let's start working on an appeal the law has to be with us here
5: they have a verdict
9: on TV they let cameras in Mr. Foreman has the jury reached a verdict
4: yes we like your haircut
0: we have better frame on. up the shot. What
4: Looks say good. you?
8: In the matter of the Commonwealth versus Russell Bakey, on the count of murder in the first degree, we find the defendant Russell Bakey not guilty.
4: Yeah, because he's got to be in the show some more. Unbelievable.
8: On count two, murder in the first degree, we find the defendant not guilty. <gasps> on count three, murder in the first degree, we find the defendant not guilty.
9: Thank God. Members of the jury, this concludes your service. You are dismissed with the thanks of the court. The defendant is free to go.
3: Thank you.
7: Let me bring you home, sweetheart. Your room is just
4: as They're white. playing that sexual tension real well, man. i cook you a home-cooked meal. Oh, yeah.
0: Okay, They're playing it creepy as they possibly can.
4: Thanks,
3: Jimmy. Thank you, Eugene. Excuse me.
4: Oh, shit. Now he's going to Helen. Basically, we've seen this beat so many times. I promise you justice has been done. Uh Uh-huh. Also,
3: one might think this verdict takes you out of danger.
4: Well, now we saw the shift. Let's hope. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Eugene's right there. You will not Yeah.
8: You will not go near her.
3: Thanks again for the good work, Eugene.
4: We'd better revisit this shit. Well, it's fun and ambiguous too, I guess. Oh, now here's Lindsay's client rocking in the house, I imagine. That is such a call, such a Hitchcockian moment. There, it's it really clearly is clearly a Hitchcock moment. Is he going to talk to the body?
0: Yep, He's rocking, staring at the
4: corpse. Oh, I love it. that to be continued. It's That's to important. Be continued. That is important. That is important indeed. Um. All right, guys, join us back on the YouTubes uh, to uh, hear us dissect this episode. Mm. And we are back, baby.
0: We are indeed. We have just watched the practice
4: season seven,
0: episode 15, Choir Boys. And, and now it is time uh, to remind you. What just happened in your ears? Because we just listened to it together in a uh, a segment we call.
4: Mm, two, three, four. Mike has You're really going to have to send to me the real bump or What just someday. happened on the show? Guys. Segment. Yeah, it's true. Segment. segment. So listen, there's two cases here. We got a serial killer potential. Uh, his mom says he didn't do it, but he might be banging his mom, so we don't really know. But then he maybe sends a letter to Helen and like knows a lot about the... Uh, what happens so he gets off he's not guilty so we don't know also Lindsay's old client who uh, admits to killing some little girl Lindsay knows where she is but she doesn't tell uh and so they're just waiting out in prison to see what happens next week hmm. so are we it turns out yes
0: and could you you know maybe do that again but just in fewer syllables yeah sure absolutely how about oh, a right. segment we call oh, thanks so much
4: killer's gonna kill. One's a murder choir boy. Lindsay did not tell.
0: Yeah, yeah. All right, well, well done, well done. Will there be consequences to that? Stay tuned. For the rest of us, stay tuned for a fake award show that
4: has a bumper that begins like this. Ladies and gentlemen. The out of practice podcast in unofficial unsolicited unfactual association with david e kelly productions proudly present oopsie the oopsies celebrating excellence in acting good lawyering good guesting good and being tom brady not to mention this is where we rate the episode and stuff. Now, here are your hosts, Keith and Mike!
0: What
9: the hell are the oopsies?
0: Uh, well, Jackie, they're a fake award show that begin with the highest of notes. Most valuable! Most- Like a fine wine, it gets better every year.
4: (laughs) Let's let's MVL, baby. So despite multiple sexual innuendo, despite a pretty blatant uh, threat on the DA's life, somehow Eugene Young does his thingity thang and uh gets uh, this Tom Welling lookalike off that murder hook. Does he endanger Helen in the process? Maybe, but then he does some Eugene bouncer moves and he's like, don't don't fuck with her. So I feel like she's good. So uh I'm gonna <laughs> go Eugene Goji Eugene Young here. Yeah, no, I think you're right. I,
0: it's he got the the resolution that Michael Peterson should have had. We don't know that he didn't do it, but the case they put up was pretty flimsy and despite uh the media's circus was able to uh get an acquittal so i'm not sure if i necessarily buy it uh but in on the grounds of the case he got the win he should have gotten so congratulations eugene young on your mbl coming up next guys it is time to dance let's all applaud as we begin Already famous cause you've been on TV, getting a pay the first entry on your IMDb, way to go. But you're the best guest actor, you are the best guest actor, you are the best guest actor on the
4: episode. I just went to the gym for the first time in a month, so mm. uh, I didn't really have the, uh, the Get up and go to get that my, dance done. This time. is
0: my gym, mm, interesting, mm.
4: Y'all, So, I think I, I, I said about all about it during the episode, so you should go ahead and actually listen to the episode. So, uh, I think that uh, the the sort of psychopath, uh, Oedipus, uh, killer uh, that we met this week, potential killer, but acquitted of said killings, uh, what was his name, Matthew Settle? Excellent bad guy performance with enough, in my opinion, uh, potential that he's not the guy. He's either uh, just riding that line, or he's like the craziest psychopath of all. Uh, So uh, either way, I thought a really balanced performance and got just the notes that the director was looking for. So I I think he uh, gets that oopsie pretty clearly.
0: Yeah, I mean, he gets my oopsie. I agree with you there. I. Did not see a heck of a lot of ambiguity about whether or not he is a, you know, criminal. Because he, he seemed pretty criminally to me. I'm not sure who did the killing, whether it was uh, him and his mom. And he knew about it and is covering up for his mom. But one of the two of them did the killing and he's definitely a part of it. So, uh, nonetheless, however you read the character, it's a great performance. So... Uh, Congratulations to our new friend, Matthew Settle, for your very first Oopsie Award. Now it's time for... You killed your podiatrist or blew the case. But you let a single tear run down your face. You're the best actor on the show.
4: Eugene had to do Eugene. Mm -hmm. uh Jimmy did Jimmy, Helen did Helen. Everybody kind of did their thing. The only person who sort of like, uh, I'd like to give the shout out to both Kelly Williams and, oh man, oh man. Claire Uh, is the the lawyer's name. Yes, you're halfway there. And, oh I knew, it's right there. Give me the first syllable. (coughs) I don't know, what is it? (laughs) make your best guess it's claire and kathy (laughs) and her last name i don't know oh no oh no you gotta be joking that keith just froze y'all keith just froze the episode was going so well keith has frozen so while he maybe comes back i'm gonna just talk at his frozen face because it's amazing um (laughs) oh man keith's frozen he's called me back i'm gonna pick it up um because it is incredible what his frozen face was oh my god i hope he popped back on <laughs> I, I'm, back. Um, I'm back i'm back i'm here anyway the the oopsie here is gonna to go to kelly williams i think that she had to play the most sort of uh the most levels so definitely kelly williams is gonna get that oopsie but now we're gonna to try to get keith back I, i'm here on, i'm here baby I'm here. They, righty, I'm here all right here i'm here keith i cannot w- i can't wait till you see the uh frozen picture great <laughs> I'm really happy it is one of the best screenshots of you of all time Um, I think me and the viewers and the listeners Mm -hmm. have decided that Mm -hmm. Kelly Williams if everybody decides not just because I can't remember the other girl's name but Kelly Mm -hmm. Williams gave the most um, leveled performance
0: yeah no I I thought she did a really excellent job I think the um, especially when viewing the body and dealing with all you know all of the, um, the scene chewiness of the situation somebody had to ground it Mm -hmm. In some real, live, like, human emotion there. And I think she she did a really excellent job. So congratulations, Kelly Williams, on your best actor. Uh, All right, our newest member of the 700 Club. The Tom Brady Award for being Tom Brady.
4: You know, Tom Brady wins so much that... uh, even I was like almost becoming a fan and being like, wow, it's just like crazy how he he just pulls it off. And then uh-huh. last night, it, it re-jumped to the shark for me. I mean, everything, it, there was it was a game that any other team's playing, I would have been like, oh, I love this football game because there's such high drama, right? Uh-huh. Like, there's a chance that uh, uh, Buffalo might win this game after a huge comeback. But then I knew that that was not going to happen and that effing yeah. Tom Brady was gonna throw that 700, 700th touchdown and uh, win again. And that's yeah. what happened. So it's like not even interesting anymore. He's even taken the drama out of football by being so damn magical. Um, but luckily, uh, I get my buddy Keith here to Photoshop him into a creepy rocking chair uh, in this week's winner of the Tom Brady War for being Tom Brady. Tom Brady in a rocking in a creepy rocking chair. Maybe next to a dead body? Mm, mm.
0: Tom Brady in a creepy rocking chair, maybe next to a body, wins the Tom Brady Award for being Tom Brady. There's a lot of uh, alleged issues with Tom this year. Uh, I, I haven't photoshopped any of that. This is going to be a <laughs> fucking nightmare when it's time for the oopsies.
4: Maybe you just have to do one photoshop that incorporates all of those ideas.
0: I don't think that's going to be any faster. <laughs> it just means everything's very small. Uh, Maybe it's just one I'll,
4: picture of Tom Brady. Uh, you do
0: what you do. You do you, buddy. I'm going to do me. I'm going to do me. We'll, we'll, we'll see. It depends on where uh, the finale lines up. You know, the, mm-hmm. uh, the holidays will be over, I'm assuming, by that point. I'll have a little time. We'll see. Uh, but before I go into Photoshop Apocalypse, it is time. Sh- Photoshop, Alex. Um,
4: forget it. Can just go on. Forget me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it is time to announce how many spare tires this episode gets.
4: Uh, so you know what really does help the episode is that to be continued at the end because it, as a setup for like some the resolution for for Lindsay and as you know we want to see what's going. As Keith mentioned, like no one's under the impression that. Hey, is, did you put my clothes in the dryer by any chance? Yeah. Sorry. Welcome to my marriage, everybody. Wow. Life Thank finds you so a much. way. I appreciate it, and I love you for that. Wow.
0: That that sounded um, so sincere. It
4: is sincere. I love my wife, and she does a lot of things for me, and I do a lot of things for her, Keith. It is more of a it is a collaboration. Oh boy. Hello. Yeah.
0: Oh, hey, Tux. I don't
4: know Oh, look um, at that guy. Charlie has still not moved from his cat cave. Yeah, well, I mean, who? If I got a man cave, I don't leave very often. So, no. uh, the to be continued, and plus, you know, like regardless of how it plays, we know that something else is going to happen either to Helen or we're going to find out something else with the mom and son. Like they can't—they're too good of baddies to like not to waste. So, uh, it's a good setup. Um, I think the the Lindsay case is the more interesting of them to me uh, because that moral ambiguity that we've started to explore um, about privilege and what her sort of, uh, what she's required to do, what the law asks of her, and then it extends to sort of her professional pride and like the whole reason she does what she does because like like um, Helen said, not Helen, uh, Eleanor said the judge gave her an out there at the end. He gave, he ordered her and she could have taken the easy road and just like kind of given him up. But then what does that do to her credibility? What does that do to her, to cl- her potential clients? You know, it, 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 it opens up a whole other bag, bag of worms. So I find it really compelling and interesting because as you kind of heard in real time, my visceral reaction is fuck that guy, tell everybody where the little girl is and give him up. That's my visceral reaction as a person who like, Hates hypocrisy and wants justice served. However, you know, then you realize in real time that, like, if no one is going to, like, go to the cell, the the holding cell for you, quite literally, to keep your privilege, like, what, what, what do you got? Right. So it's, it's really compelling to me. I want to see where we go and how, how David Kelly is going to play this out. Um, The other cases is, I feel like it's lost a little on me only because we've had so many good bad guys and so many sort of scene-chewy villains and there's only so many ways you can look at it. Um, so I like the way it was presented. I like the sort of Bonnie and Clyde, potentially Oedipus killing mom and son. like I like what it could be, but mm-hmm. I also have grown a little leery slash weary of the almost hyperbolic cartoonish baddies, right? And like, so uh, I, I I liked the performances. I thought that they were like grounded in a reality and they weren't too over the top, even though they really could have been. Mm-hmm. All things considered, however, like we've, with with few exceptions, we've we really have never really stuck the landing with a lot of these bad guys. So I don't have a ton of faith that we're gonna like get somewhere really compelling with them so, I mean, as a freak of the week type thing, uh, you know, it's like it—it it didn't. What I, what I, what it lacked was like any sort of. I guess the fact that they were found not guilty is more than the fact that they didn't have any real, true evidence, like nailing them to the wall. Right? Is that aside from the line, for the one key witness? Right? There was no forensic or any other evidence. So no, it's all implication. Yeah. So I mean, I I find the resolution at least to be. Satisfying. I mean, I guess they, the wrinkle here is the threat to Helen. I don't know. It didn't do a lot for me, you know, outside of the performances. It didn't like compel me as much as the Lindsay in, in tag team with the Lindsay case. Uh, All in all, pretty, I'm pretty interested to see where it's going as an episode on its own. I like the Lindsay stuff. I think it's a solid 8.21 spare tires for me. Okay. That's pretty solid.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I've been thinking about this episode, uh, especially the second time going through it. it. there's a lot of interesting elements here that I feel like this is the trashy version of several things, but uh, uh, stuff that we've trod before mm-hmm. right Because mm-hmm. like I think you're right. the the most interesting element here is the exploration mm-hmm. of privilege. And how does it apply? When does it apply? Where does your morality come into it? So on and so forth. But we just did this with Jimmy. Like yeah, Jimmy that's did very the whole, true. like literally went through this whole thing and in a more in a sort of a less pulpy way. That that this episode is, you know, like the the, the Oedipus thing and the serial killer and the, you know, again. Uh, you know, staring at the body and the, like it's, this is sort of like a, the trashiest version of all of these stories. So it's, it's not really aimed that high, uh, in terms of its audience or what it's trying to say. It's, uh, just sort of, it's like the desperate housewives version of the practice here. Uh, it's not the Ellen McBeal. It wasn't silly. It was just kind of trashy. Um, now, that said, is it enjoyable? Sure, I found it enjoyable, and I think we got some good performances out of out of Matthew Settle and and the rest of the folks here. Uh, it's just ground that's been trod before, and and retrod, and you know, Settle even looks like the guy that Lindsay shot, the Hannibal Lecter guy. Like, there's a lot of, uh, uh, you know, fine. Fine, all right, it's it's entertaining enough, but it's not good, <laughs> I think. It's also um,
4: stupid that, like, why couldn't they commit to, like, the Lindsay does corporate law stuff? Like, that was what she left to do. Like, why did we, it, we, it didn't last at all. We went right back to the crazy criminal shit. I,
0: well, and now, you know, we were just complaining about how many serial killers. Now we have two in the same freaking episode. Like it's it's just like oh okay, okay all right again like at this point it, I'm almost like happy that it's sort of being played for trash. <laughs>
4: well, they have like, to be- get ratings, right? Like, if clearly the show is floundering, clearly that is. I mean, I don't have to know the history to know that like this is these episodes, especially David coming in and writing this shit, that like they they are in trouble.
0: It it feels very '90s like suspense flick. You know, it's uh, the hand that rocks the cradle. It's the whatever, like, there's just like a whole bunch of disposable 90s, like, oh, like, you, know, you, you thought you could trust your boyfriend, but you couldn't, sort of uh, stories. So, uh, I don't know. It's It's not good, but it's also not bad in the way that a lot of episodes have been. It's just kind of trashy. So, uh, you know what? I enjoy trash sometimes. I kind of enjoyed this episode, but I'm not going to give it as high a score. I'm going to give it a, like, 7.3.
4: All right. So we're going to go, like, mid to upper mid-7s on the average. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, folks, we have only one more thing to do. I think it's fairly obvious. Mike, talk us through the Easter egg. Is it fairly obvious? Uh, Uh... If you know your cinematic history and you referenced the director previously already...
4: Oh, it's Norman Bates. Okay, it's Norman Bates. Bates. Yeah, okay. In the rock. In the oh, that's pretty end, clever. And is it over? Who's it? Whose face is it over? He, he's he's just lurking in oh, the background, creepily. Oh, oh, that's funny. Just All
0: right. Sit and stay. Yeah. Okay. See? Well, there you yeah, go. It's it's Norman Bates, it's psycho. There. Hey, that it's means that, you know what I want. You know what I win?
4: We get to be done. We get to be done. Okay, folks.
0: Thank you for listening to our stupid little podcast. If you would like to join the conversation and point out any of the things that we got wrong, you can find us at outofpracticepodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on the old people's social medias, Facebook and Instagram, at out of practice Podcast. While you're there, do us a huge favor, leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or any other service of your choice. Join the jury! We're going to read what you write. You can write good, bad, nonsense, spam, we will read it happily uh, and very much appreciate it. Speaking of people, we appreciate our founding sponsors who give us money for reasons. Jorge Navoa, Cloud Number Sixty Nine, Liam Wright, Jennifer Masanova, and Kari Coon.
4: You can give us money for reasons too. The links are in the show notes. You can give us a one-time donation or a monthly contribution. Help us support not just this nonsense, but our other show and our future shows here on KNE entertainment folks we do appreciate it we also would appreciate if you would like and subscribe it does do us good and i'll tell you what in exchange if you decide to go out there in public and take your laser sounds and kill as many people as you want with those laser sounds or as many podcasts and that we will not tell until we do on the next episode laser sounds (laughs) laser sounds